Book of Proverbs, chapter number 29, Proverbs chapter number 29, and you can be turning there, and a couple of things while you're turning there, I want to remind all the ladies who are currently serving in our nursery ministry, or you would like to, you're interested in it, we think back to those ministry involvement uh, surveys that we took, and so that'll be 1230 this Saturday, and if for some reason you can't be there this Saturday, uh, we will uh, have another meeting that uh, we can give you this information. And so uh, those of you that are interested in serving in that ministry, we want to get you involved uh, as quickly as possible. So that will be this coming Saturday at 1230. I know the uh, choir and orchestra have an extra practice Saturday as well at 1.30, uh, getting ready for Easter, which is a week from Sunday. And uh, so you make sure that you're here, but plan on inviting somebody to be with you uh, on Easter Sunday if, if they do not have a church home, and if they do, invite them anyway. And so um, uh, we'll look forward to a good day on that day. It is exciting to see what God uh, is doing. And I was thinking, we think about all the different things that we have going on, and there's a, there's a lot going on uh, right now. And uh, you shouldn't be getting bored. I know I'm not bored. I'm tired, but I'm not bored. Uh, but uh, you just continue to pray. It's exciting to see what... Uh, God, God does. I, in, in the last few days, I've had uh, three different conversations with three different pastors, and the subject was our Bible college, in North Florida Baptist College, and the uh, interest and the direction there. And uh, the Lord is, the Lord is, He's blessing us now. But I just want to remind us that uh, God is, God is doing a work, and uh, the fact that He'll use us in our faith, I'm excited about that. Excited about the growth of the church for us to double our attendance this year, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how God continues to do that. And we're 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 on a good pace, heading in the right direction. So praise the Lord for that. And then of course the uh, camp ministry. I'm excited about that. And you know, I re- recently I have a pastor, and I'll use the word friend, um, who sometimes likes to lecture me because under the guise of trying to help me. And uh, you don't, don't stretch yourself too thin, and you need to you need to not you need to not. And this is this is one who doesn't stretch himself at all. And I made a, finally made a statement to him. I said, you know, if you already you wait till you have it before you do it, was his mindset. You know, you don't don't start a camp until you have it. Don't start a college until you have it. And I said, if you if you already got it, you don't need God. And that's the truth. If you already got it, now some of you would change the grammar on that, but I like the way I say it better. If you already got it, you don't need God. And a lot of times God puts us in a place where we don't have it, so we have to ask him. But when it comes to faith, that's we're stepping out by faith. We don't have it. God wants us to do it. God wants it done. God wants the world reached. God wants our city reached. And so uh, if you already got it, you don't need God. That's That's a good one for you to remember right there. Proverbs chapter number... 29. We've been looking at uh, different people of Proverbs. In the last several weeks, we've been talking about the wise man. And we're going to talk about the wise man again this evening, uh, but look at it from just a little bit different angle and looking at the wise man a little bit differently. We've been talking about different characters. We've looked at the angry man, the fool, the scorner, and several of them two or three different times and uh, different characters. And obviously, there's we want to look at why they are, God calls them that. For example, why does God call a fool a fool? Why does God call a scorner a scorner? Why does God say a wise man is wise? So that we can identify that from God's perspective. Because it doesn't matter 
who I label a fool or a wise man. What matters is who God labels a fool and a wise man. And so this is good because it reveals to us sometimes we're foolish. Now, all of us have been foolish. Well, we don't want to continue in our folly, and God calls us a fool. Uh, and so we look at that and we say, okay, there's some characteristics that I want to stay away from. There's some that I want to have. Uh, but then also it helps us know how to interact uh, with uh, these different people of Proverbs. And so tonight we're going to look at the wise men again. Proverbs 29. I'm going to read uh, verse 8 down through verse number 11 of Proverbs chapter number 29. Scornful men bring a city into a snare, but wise men turn away wrath. If a wise man contendeth with a foolish man, whether he rage or laugh, there is no rest. The bloodthirsty hate the upright, but the just seek his soul. A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards. Now we're going to look tonight, I've titled this Observations of Wise Men. Observations of Wise Men. Father, help us tonight as we uh, consider these truths and we incorporate them into our life. And Father, I pray that uh, we would let the Spirit of God teach us some things. May we grab these truths, uh, hold to them. And uh, Father, may we live in a way that you would consider us to be wise. And uh, Father, may we uh, follow wise men. May we follow the characteristics of wise men. Uh, bless our time together in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll give you the definition of wise once again. Uh, simply put, it's having the power to discern or judge correctly. Uh, we want to have the power to discern or judge correctly. Now, I remind us, well, I probably don't need to remind us, but I'm going to anyway, that's not from our perspective. I've judged correctly as far as I'm concerned. No, we judge correctly as far as God is concerned. How do we know if we're judging correctly? Well, how does God say that something should be judged? What does God say? That's why you got to be careful uh, with the philosophies of this world dictating to you as a Christian how you judge a certain situation. Uh, because usually if society is saying judge it this way, you can just do the opposite and you'll be closer to God's position than the world's position. And that judging wisely to discerning or judging correctly. Now, uh, I'll remind us what I've said uh, for a couple of weeks now about a wise man because I think it's important for us to be reminded. A wise man is not born wise. He's not born wise. He has to increase his wisdom or hear instruction. If you have a little bit of wisdom, you, you can grow in that wisdom. You can, matter of fact, you should increase in that wisdom. So sometimes we look at a wise man and say, oh, was I born a wise man? No. None of us were born wise men. We have to grow in our wisdom. Now, that reminds us that you can't look and say, well, they've got it. I don't. We all have the same opportunity to get wisdom. If you think back several weeks, and I use the illustration of wisdom, crieth. Wisdom's looking, seeking. And how we can have it, or we can reject it. So a wise man is not born a wise man. The instruction makes him wiser. Now, you live a little bit. You stay after the, in this word a little bit. You're going to get some wisdom. Don't be satisfied with the wisdom you have. Because the Bible, as we saw last week, a wise man will increase in wisdom. 
And so it's a dangerous thing to say, I've got some wisdom, I've got some experience, I've, I've passed some tests, I can discern some things, I have discerned some things right. And so I've got some wisdom. It's a dangerous thing to be satisfied with that wisdom. We should be increasing that wisdom. These are things that the Bible tells us, and we've gone over the last couple of weeks. Now, when it comes to wisdom, one of the best ways for wisdom to be revealed is against the backdrop of folly or scorn. Sometimes you can be down on yourself and say, man, I, I'm, just, I'm just a fool, until you're around certain people and say, no, I'm, I'm, I've got it together. Sometimes it's the opposite. See, we say, what is wisdom? And sometimes you don't see it like you could see it, except for the fact it's contrasted with a lack of wisdom. And so we're going to look at it from that perspective tonight. We, we see what the Bible says, and we focused on this the last couple of, of, of Wednesday nights with the, with the wise man, dealing with the wise man. God says if you do this, it's, it's wise. If you do this, you increase in wisdom. You, you hear the instruction. That's a wise man. And so what do we do? We, we hear the instruction of wise people. That's what God says to do. Tonight, we're going to look at it from more of a perspective of when wisdom is contrasted against that which is not wise. It is in that setting that you can really see, bear with me when I say this, the wisdom of wisdom. It's where you can really see this is the wisdom of hearing the instructions. It's not always the easiest, the most popular, uh, the most crowded way to sit at the feet of wisdom when folly's playing. But down the line, when wisdom is contrasted with folly, then it's like, I sure am glad that I listened to wisdom. Sometimes it seems like folly gets ahead and scorn is, 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 all the, is, is popular. But then wisdom, when it's com- compared to that, it is, this is what real wisdom is. Then it's revealed that does it matter? You know, you can put a label of wisdom on it. You can have wise men of the world. This world today will we'll tell you what is wise in, 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 in different uh, uh, scenarios. But when you look at it from a Bible perspective, that contrast. See, if you will observe, if you'll watch a fool long enough, he'll reveal the fact that he's a fool. If you just listen to a scorner long enough, a a scorner will reveal their scorner. Likewise, if you watch a wise man long enough, he'll reveal his wisdom. That is something that we're going to see tonight. We're going to see some contrast very, very quickly. Um, I only have seven statements tonight. So we'll get out of here Before too long. Number one, wise men are more interested in repentance than revolution. Look at verse number eight. Scornful men bring a city into snare, but wise men turn away wrath. Let me say it again. Wise men are more interested in repentance than revolution. 
You, you, take a, you take scorners today who scorn the church they grew up in. Hear me very carefully. They care nothing about the people who attend that church. They care, they would rather the children who are in the nursery, who come to Sunday school, who ride the bus and have somebody once a week tell them they love them. They would rather those children never hear somebody tell them they love them. The scorner would, is trying to destroy. That's what they do. You take that scenario and you put it in the context of a city. What does it say? The scornful men bring a city into a snare. They, 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 they're, they're, there's something that they're, they're trying to turn the city upside down. They're trying, there's something they don't like about the city. Now, you can put it in the context of, of their scorning that which is good and scorning that which is right. And there are people in society who do that. There's people in our government who do that. But there's also the context, I believe, that they, are, they want to turn things upside down so badly, they want that revolution, if you will. No, have we seen this in recent years? But a wise man is more interested in keeping away the wrath of God. Look at verse number 8. But wise men turn away wrath. I don't believe that's talking about the scornful man. I don't believe that's talking about some random person who might be mad about something. In the context of a city being in a snare, a city, and this gives greater context, if we, if we were to read the entire uh, chapter tonight, the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice, verse 2. Uh, Whoso loveth wisdom rejoices in his father. Nobody likes for the wicked to be in charge because it's bad for everybody. Now, I did not say there's never time for revolution. We have our nation because of that. But wise men are more interested in what God thinks. They're more interested in keeping the wrath of God away. That, that, that scorn and that bring a city into a snare, it's inflamed. It's caught up, unable to escape. When an animal is in a snare, it can't escape. Say, well, that's, that's going to make some change, overthrow the evil man. The Bible tells us that God sets up kings and he brings down kings. I'm going to make a bold statement. You don't have to like it. You don't have to agree with me. But I believe the last election was God rebuking the church for trying to bypass him in changing a nation. There are people who knew better. Knew better. And that's all I'll say about that. Because I'll get upset. But you cannot bypass what God says will get his attention. Well, and I know the argument, and it's a logical ar argument from a man's perspective. You know, a, 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 we, nobody wants a wicked ruler. I agree with that. Nobody wants higher taxes. I agree with that. But from God's perspective, what does God want? Say, well, well we can, the gospel can go forth. 
Well, we had four years of Trump, but I'm not sure how much it went forth. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be all alone tonight. Now, I'd rather have what we had than what we have now, because who knows what we have now? But do we not think that God could have changed some things or stopped some things? Absolutely, he could have. But wise men are more concerned with staying the wrath of God. You know, we you read the book of Acts, and the gospel spread. Those, 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 those pagan kingdoms were martyring Christians, were trying to stop it, and it spread faster and faster and faster and faster. It's always been that way. The more difficult the situation, the further the gospel spreads because it gets the Christian's attention. We've got to have God. He's got to be happy. He's got to be pleased. We've got to have His blessings. But wise men are more concerned with His God pleased. Now, we certainly, the context that I believe in, the, in this first part of this chapter is the context of here's a city, here's a nation. What do we need as Christians? We need to get on our, you know, we ought to, you know, the, 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 the blood of innocent people and children who are slaughtered daily. You know, this is my opinion. You do not have to agree with me. And I may not get to the other six. It would do us more good. And I'd like to ask a question. One that you probably can't answer for me. And I don't think I'll ever get an answer. All of those that go to Washington, D.C. And they're quote-unquote, fundamental rally up there. I'd like to ask them, how many of them have been on their face weeping over over the innocent blood that's been shed? Begging God for mercy. There's no photo, there's there's nothing you can post on Twitter with that. But see, wisdom says, what is going to keep God's wrath away? And we need to be wise in our approach. Okay, let's break it down. Our family. What's going to keep God's wrath away? Because there's, there's examples in the Bible of God pouring out His wrath and protecting. I mean, Noah. That's why God's going to... God's going to, God's going to it's, everything's going to be destroyed. Well, you know, sometimes... When life is difficult and the nation turns from God and God pours out His judgment, it does affect us. But at the same time, God protects us. Wise men are more interested in repentance than revolution. You say, Pastor, why do you, you get upset? You get. Well, I, I, think, I think we could be in a lot better situation if God's people would keep the right focus. If we show a little more wisdom. Wise men are more interested in repentance than revolution. Can I move to number two? You're like, please. Number two, wise men engage in useful debate with an argument with other wise men. Look at verse number nine. 
If a wise man contendeth with a foolish man, whether he rage or laugh, there is no rest. So we're going to look at this more in just a moment. But a wise man, a foolish man, uh, that's, that's, that's not a good result. But a wise man engaging in useful debate with another wise man, there is profit in that. Iron sharpeneth iron. It is us increasing our wisdom. I've heard my father who used this illustration many times ago. Of course, he's from a couple centuries ago, so he can give this illustration and by the old preachers of the previous generation and how as a young man, he would, you didn't name the big names and they're preaching together and they're all before the service, the, the meeting they're at, they're all arguing. I'm talking, if I call their names, everybody in here probably recognize them. They're all arguing over differences of ministry, differences of what they believe the Bible teaches on certain subjects, arguing. Then he, and he tells the story like this, and then one of them say, oh, it's time for church. Then they'd all get up as happy as could be. Nobody mad at each other and go preach, and there'd be a revival atmosphere. Why is that? Because when wise men engage with other wise men, that is a, that is a useful debate. I'm getting ahead of myself but you're not doing yourself any favors if you do not engage with people who might have more wisdom than you. You you study some of these business gurus of the day, and they'll tell you you're never going to amount in business if you're always the smartest person in the room. If you're the richest person in the room, that's as rich as you're ever going to be. I have $6, so I'm, I'm okay. $7, I'm okay. You get the point I'm making. That, that iron sharpens iron. Number three, wise men do not waste their time arguing with fools. Let's read verse number nine again. As a wise man contendeth with a foolish man, whether he rage or laugh, there is no rest. Wise men do not waste their time argue, uh, arguing with fools. Let me just get right to it. That's why you don't argue on the internet That's where fools live. Wise men do not waste their time arguing with fools. And sometimes it's like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Somebody needs to tell them how dumb that is. Wise men just, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. What does the Bible say? There is no rest. You're never going to come to a solution. You're never going to come to an agreement. If you, if you, for example, it's like I, if you'll if you'll permit me to use this illustration. Or sometimes, someone there's a difference in somebody coming to me and say, Pastor, I need some clarification. I don't think I'm quite understanding what the Bible is saying here. I don't understand why we have this position. I don't understand why you you said this or you did that. If there's a question, I do not mind giving. It's one reason why you have a pastor giving further explanation of what the Bible is saying. That is different from pastor asking the same thing and you saying, well, this is what God says. This is what that means. Well, I think if we, what about this? Well, this is, well, you know, what if, what if, what if I don't agree with that? Well, 
Well, then it doesn't matter what God you agree with. It doesn't matter what I agree with. That's why God says, well, what if it's on a Tuesday? Well, you know, what, what if... And you're talking and say, I don't understand why. And then what, what happens, though, I just can't believe Pastor would talk to me because if you'll permit me to say it, it gets you nowhere to talk to a fool. Because if two plus two is four and you want to just go around and around in a circle how there might be some kind of exception to that, we're not going to end up on the same page. If God says something, if there's a Bible truth and principle and this is, this is the way we do it, you don't have to agree with that, but for us to engage and go, I've got better things to do. Well, Pastor, I saw somebody said this on the internet. Are you going to answer? No. One, I don't want my IQ to drop. Two, I've got better things to do. So be very careful letting yourself get engaged, no matter what the setting is. You know, this is what this is. Uh, you're, some of you are going to get upset with me if you haven't already because of the politics and because of whatever. But this isn't. That's why I'm not going to argue football with Gator fans. I'm just not. I'm just not. I'm just not going to do it. Not going to do it. What we say, number three. And by the way, this is why some when they have disagreements. This is why when they walk away, it's like, well, I just, I just can't. And, 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 and you walk away adversaries, somebody's wise, somebody's a fool. I mean, that scenario I used, my, my dad gave that illustration. You do that now, and people get mad at you. They, you know, what is, well, this is answering why that happens. Um, so wise men do not waste their time arguing with fools. So be, be, you know the most valuable thing you have is time. It's time. And you know what the devil is good at? Distracting us with our time. We, we're bad at wasting it ourselves. But then we engage in what the, Bible, the way the Bible words it as there is no rest. It's never going to be. Well, that's settled now. Or let's agree to disagree. Or I see your point. I'm going to study that some more to see... Did, Instead of that, whatever the subject matter is, um, a wise man just says, yeah, it's not worth it. Number four, just like a, as we see, we said it says a wise man can end with a foolish man whether he rage or laugh. So number three, we said a wise man not waste their time arguing with fools, and boy, you can get them worked up. Number four, a wise man do not waste their time laughing with fools. Rage or laugh, there's no profit. Too many times Christians are wasting their time on foolish things. Be, be careful what you laugh at. You know why this gender, transgender, homosexual agenda is crammed on our throat? Because years ago... There's a sitcom where you laugh at it. That's why I just, you don't have to hold my position. That's why I, I don't like these Christian comedians 
who laugh at church things. Who laugh at beliefs. And they turn what I think is very serious into a joke. I don't like it. Um, why is that? There's no profit in it. It's foolish. Uh, you, again, this is stuff that I don't think, things that I don't think are taught on all the time, but it is in the Bible. There is no benefit. A wise man is going to not waste their time laughing with fools. A wise man wants what? More wisdom. More instruction. Wise men do not waste their time laughing with fools. Number five. Look with me at verse number 11. A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards. The last three I'm going to give are from this statement from this verse, but I got I to gotta do this. I was leaving my office next door. Brother Mike Eisnagel is over there. I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not, but he's on security tonight. Um, and he's leaving. He says, go give him something good. So I'm going to try. He says, my wife needs it. <laughs> and, he said, and he said something to the effect of she's been fussing at me all day long. So you give him something good. I said, well, I am giving something I think will help with that. The, one of the verses I'm using is a fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it until afterwards. So I said, let her say everything she has to say. <laughs> and then you have the last word. That's not the context of that verse, but... A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it until afterwards. Number five, wise men do not tell all they know. Wise men do not tell all they know. Well, they need to know what I'm thinking. Not if you're wise. Well, I, I just, they, I've, got to, I've got to have them, you know, the wise man's not going to tell everything he knows. He holdeth it into afterwards. He speaks if there's a reason to speak. Don't we like to hear ourselves talk? Don't, don't we like to hear our opinion? But if we keep it in the context, in the, in the parameters of what is wisdom, this, 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 this right here should help us. We need to get to a place where we do not care about our own opinion. A wise man that does not give everything he knows cares less. He doesn't care about his own opinion. He doesn't care whether you think he's a wise man. He's concerned that God thinks he's a wise man. Well, I could, I could correct them and I could just lay it all out there. And, and there's times when I'm like, Oh, this would be too easy. But again, it goes back to you engage that fool, you're getting nowhere. And you just hold it into afterwards. And then if you'll allow me to put in the context of a, of a pastor giving counsel, if you just hold it long enough, 10 years goes by and you don't have to say a word. Because it plays out. But a fool's going to utter all his mind. 
And I got to tell you this, and this, and, and then this, and then this. But a wise man never tells all he knows. And there's several ways that you could apply that. But a wise man gets to a place, and we all need to get there. All of us. Where we think less of our opinion than we do right now. Well, I have an opinion too. Okay. Is it God's opinion? Is it, I'm not minimizing us as individuals, but when I'm maximizing, I'm putting the emphasis on the fact that wisdom comes from God. Wisdom is from Him. And a wise man says, I don't have an opinion in this situation. I'm going to hold it in because I'm only concerned with what God thinks. In this day of, of, of technology and social media, I've got to let people know what, so, 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 so people know where I stand. I like with things in the Bible. I'm going to say this is where I stand. But you know, you don't have to have an opinion on everything. Especially this, is going to, this, this applies to this, but it applies in other areas that we need to get a hold of too. If, it doesn't, if it's not in your area, it doesn't matter what you think. Sometimes there's situations, Pastor, what do you think about that? I say, and this is my answer, I don't think about that. Because what I think about it is not going to change a thing. And I've got other things I need to think about that are in my area that I have a responsibility in. And a lot of times we spend so much time formulating opinions that don't matter about things we have no control over. But a wise man just does not tell all he knows. Number six, wise men do not allow their emotions to speak for them. You know why a fool utters all his mind? It didn't take him very long, but you know why he utters all his mind? It's emotions. He's mad. Well, I wasn't going to say it, but... Once I started, I just couldn't stop. Yeah, that's never going to end well. His emotions, his, his jealousy, his envy, his rage, his anger, his temper. That makes you say more than you should say. If you think it, that don't mean you should say it. And then if you're not going to say it, you should try not to think it. Makes it easier not to say it. Wise men do not allow their emotions to speak for them. If you let your emotions speak for you, that is never going to end up good. Let their emotions control us. Well, I got that off my chest. I've been waiting to do that. If, if, if there's something that needs to be said, it ought to be a calculated on purpose. I've prayed about this. This is something that I need to do because of, and there should be no emotion in it. If you'll permit me again to use this as an illustration to illustrate this, there are times when I come to the pulpit and there's something specific that I'm going to deal with for the sake of the church. I promise you, that was decided a long time before that. 
it wasn't that afternoon scrolling through social media. Bless God. Or who wasn't here this morning? No, it is something that the Lord brings to my attention, presses on my heart, and I prepare it and I say, this is something that needs to be dealt with as a church to protect us, to try and save somebody, to warn. And God, you just let me know when you want it preached. And then when it's preached, there's no emotion in it. It's what needs to be preached. I'm not saying there's not ever a time when there's got to be some confrontation or there's got to be principles defended, but it shouldn't be emotion that leads that. It ought to be on purpose. Too many times we, we react instead of act. Parents, don't, don't, if your kids make you mad... Again, don't, don't react in your anger. If you're going to punish them, cool down. Decide what punishment you need to make. He's like, you know, all, all, I can't say all my children. My two youngest children are angels. We'll say Alyssa's not because she's not here, but... So I haven't had to do this with them because I don't want you to run into them after it was you, wasn't it? But there's times my wife's like, you can go deal with them? I like, nope. You need to deal with them? I like, nope. Why not? I'm not ready yet. Because you know, we, we, we can, as parents, we've probably all done this. We can say things that we're like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. I said that. And I don't mean something in anger or something that, you know, you know some mean, hateful thing, but like, you know, if you don't eat that, you're never eating again. <laughs> you know, that's going to be a hard one to back up. That's, that's, that's probably going to hurt your credibility a little bit. Or oh, we're all going to sit here until you, yeah, you'll do that once. And you'll remember, I, I'm not going to say that again. Well, are you, are you, are you, are you going to go deal with them? No. I'm not ready to do that. So when you do it, it's, this is what we're doing. It's a calm, cool, this is, I prayed on, I've thought about it, this is what we're doing. Wise men do not allow their emotions to speak for themselves. Number seven. And these are different because we're looking at observations, compare and contrast, but statement number seven from the same verse tonight, wise men know how to handle fools because fools tell them everything they're thinking. This is why wise men hold it in to afterwards. Because if you wait long enough, a fool will tell you everything he's thinking. He'll show you what he's thinking. He'll say what he's thinking. Sometimes a big part of parenting is just being quiet and listening. And when your kids are small, if you don't hear any noises, that's when you need to go look. You just, you just listen. Teachers in classroom, you just, just listen. It's a, a fool is going to tell you everything they're thinking. So if you're in a confrontational situation, whatever it may be, whatever context it may be, hold your, 
One, you ought to be thinking, I have to approach this situation with wisdom, how, how God would want me to handle this situation. And sometimes you walk away, and if I can say it like this, losing the argument because there, you didn't engage in the argument. Or full celebrate, yeah, we showed them. Time tells. But wise men know how to handle fools because fools tell them everything they're thinking. Fool, and because those fools never have a chance with the wise men, that's why all of us should be increasing wisdom. All of us should be seeking wisdom. All of us should take our opinions, put them aside, and say, what is God's opinion? How do, how do, I, how do I handle these situations? I want to handle them as God instructs me to handle them. Because all of us are limited in our wisdom. So whose wisdom do we need? We need God's wisdom. And if I'm going to handle these situations of life in relationships, I want to handle them in a wise way. How do I do that? I put my opinions aside and say, what is God's opinion? What is God instructed? How am I supposed to handle this from God's perspective? That's wisdom. And so we, we're going we're to handle it that way. Say, well, and sometimes it's, I don't, there are times when you may be as a parent, certainly as a pastor, some, maybe you're a boss, you're a super, whatever. You do, I don't, you're, there's, there's family relationships, whatever it is. I don't know how to handle this. And if you just hold it until afterwards, they will utter all their mind. And it's like, now I know how to handle this. Now I know how to deal with this. That's why fools never have a chance with a wise man. Because he's listening. I like to, I like to say it like this. So a fool's playing checkers while a wise man's playing chess. And he just run his mouth, run his mouth, run his mouth. It's like, okay, now, now I know how to deal with what did we say at the beginning, and I'm and I'm done tonight. What did we say at the beginning? See, if you watch a wise, you watch a fool long enough, they'll reveal that they're a fool. If you watch a wise man long enough, you'll reveal that he's wise. We've all done foolish things. We don't want to be considered that fool in a situation. And there's been, and I'll just skip it. There's been times, and I can look back in my life and be like, man, I said way too much in that situation. That was foolish. What I do, I uttered all my mind. That's not a situation we want to be in. That's not a situation we should be in. Why? Because we want God's wisdom. And, and sometimes this is, this, is, this, is, this is good from the perspective. And I'll close with this. It'll be 20 minutes, but I'll close with this. Sometimes I have a friend, I have a friend, and there's a conflict with them. But I'm afraid with both of them. Or family, family, there's a conflict with family. What do I do? One, if I can stay out of it, stay out of it. Stay out of it. But if I'm brought into it, or I'll know how to handle it by just observing. Because a foolish individual is going to do what? Act like a fool. And a wise one is going to, is going to approach it with more wisdom. This, helps, this will help us in our relationship. It will help us when we have conflicts with others is how we handle situations. 
This society has hurt, and I hope our young people are listening to this, especially because the society they're growing up in is society of, I have to be heard. I have to have my way. If, 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 something, if I do something wrong, it's somebody else's fault. And sadly, that's the world we live in. Wisdom does not operate, operate that way. And this is, this is something, if you'll permit me, while well, I'm on the subject of the generation we live in. We live in an internet generation. We live in a social media generation. The children growing up now, there's never been a day when there hasn't been social media in their life. And I still remember we, years and years and years and years ago, all of our kids were little, we went to the Jacksonville Museum of History and they saw the phone booth, and they're like, what is, what, what is that? But that's where Superman changed. Don't, don't, that's, <laughs> you know. And of course, I was just like, I don't know, I've never seen that before. My wife's like, that's what your dad used to call me on when we were dating. I was like, okay, thanks. You know, but that's this all they know. So I say that, listen to me, please. I beg you. A fool utters all his mind. It's very foolish to put your whole life on display for the world to see. It's very, very foolish. I'm not telling you not to use social media. The church has social media. I have social media. I'm just telling you it's a foolish thing to put your whole life on social media. There ought to be a little bit that you keep to yourself. Number one, you don't put your problems out there unless you want sympathy. Oh, I could, I'm not going to run this rabbit trail. It's a tired mom moment. Anyway, I'm not, I'm not going to run that rabbit trail. I guess I just did, but... Um, and let, be careful putting it all out there. As, as, as church, we're a close church. We're very tight-knit. Be careful just telling everybody around you everything that's going on in your life and with your family and, and everything going on. There's some things that other people don't need to know. Well, they're my friend. Okay. I'm glad you feel like you can trust your friend with that. But there's some things that you should just keep. Let's let's be careful in... That's just the way it is, Pastor. I understand the way the world is. It doesn't mean it's wise. And I want to always approach situations from from a point of wisdom... And I say that, and I say, I thank God there was not social media when I was a teenager. I thank God there was not social media. I've, I've got two instances just popped in my mind. Several of us, with Brother Stanley jumping off the bridge down in Middleburg, in the Black Creek, and then he and I running off of our roof clearing 12 feet, jumping into the pool. 
I can say this now because he's not here. So he was a bad influence on my life, let me tell you. <laughs> you know, I can just see us like, yes, yeah, so, you know. And then my kid's like, whoa, whoa, dad, buckle up. <laughs> Slow down. I think God, I'd have to look back and say, oh, that was so foolish. And there are times when you'll look at this, this, we've yet to have a whole generation with this social media thing. There hasn't been enough time for them to look back and say, kids, sit down, let me, let me, tell you, let me talk to you about something. When, my, when, when your dad was your age, he was an idiot. That's the dad speaking to the kids. It's gonna, there, and I've used the illustration before. There have been Division I athletes who've had their scholarships pulled because they were foolish and uttered all their mind. There are people who don't get jobs, who are qualified for those jobs as far as their ability but they don't get the job because they uttered all their mind. Uh, let's be very, very careful. And a lot of it is emotion. It's our immaturity. I tell you what will help all of us. And, and it's a mental exercise I put myself into. Set my opinion aside. I do not have an opinion. What is God's opinion? What does he say about it? Well, Pastor, I just want you to know what I think. Okay, that's fine. What did you base that opinion on? The fact that you're mad? Or because this is how God says we ought to act? And so just some observations of the wise man. Father, help us to be wise. Help us to